if I would say, I think maybe the main thing that I think is just a, a mountain of a mess <laughs> to, to climb and to overcome is really just a lack of vision for for family just mm. in general and that's what breaks my heart more than anything it's just people just willing to like plod through without any kind of mindset that you know i'm going to move forward have a marriage and then have children and as a believer have a hope and a goal of of raising a christian family have a hope and a goal of honoring god in in my home. Welcome to Around the Block. I am your host, Thabiti Anyabwile, but you can call me Pastor T. Around the Block is a podcast of the Creek Collective. Uh, In this podcast, we attempt to settle into a city and a neighborhood to get a sense of the gospel ecology in a local place. We talk with uh, pastors, church leaders, nonprofit leaders, community leaders, all who approach their work with a concern for the gospel. Um, And we talk with them about the progress of the gospel in their local neighborhoods. Today, we got a special treat. We are talking with my friends, Eric and Nana Dulce. Uh, Eric is a deacon at the New New Macedonia Baptist Church here in Washington, D.C., not far from uh, my home and our church. They have been a faithful presence in this community for many, many years. And his wife, Nana, is a mother and a homemaker, but also an author, a speaker, and a seminary teacher. Um, And so we have the joy of talking with them about their work in making disciples in their local church. We open by hearing a bit about how the local church was instrumental in their meeting, in their becoming Mr. and Mrs. Dulce. Uh, Then we try to solve the Joloff Wars uh, between Ghanaian and Nigerian folks. Uh, And then we turn to consider how they each began their journeys of discipling others. I'm blessed by considering how God uses the life of ordinary faithfulness with, with margin for others to make disciple-making a transformational experience. And I hope you'll be encouraged as we talk with them too about doing the ordinary and how it makes an extraordinary difference. Listen in. Thank y'all for making time in a busy summer schedule. You got VBS going on. Uh, You got marriage and little kids going on. And as Paul says, the cares of the church pressing on you daily. So thank you for making time. I've been excited to talk with you guys uh, about discipling young people in the life of the church and in the city. Um, when we first moved back to D.C., uh, you were one of the first brothers I met. That's right. Um, and uh, graciously invited me to to walk and get some some Jamaican food, <laughs> uh, pimento grill. Pimento grill, yes, sir. Um, and um, from that first time, and the reason that you were one of the first persons I met is because I was meeting all these 20-somethings who were talking about Nana and Eric Dulce. And the, the, the impartation of grace you guys were making in their lives, helping them to understand what it meant to follow Jesus. And so I'm just really excited to be having this conversation with you guys. Before we turn to that, tell us how you became Mr. and Mrs. Wow. Well, I told the story last time. (laughs) And I don't think I did a good job. Which which one tells the truth? 
man. Yeah, yeah because yeah, it yeah. depends. It's like that. You know, they tell that story of the of the elephant uh-huh. and the blind men and the different <laughs> angles, right? Um, well, we were introduced. Okay. So I was Excellent. a member of a church uh, in Maryland, and the youth pastor there, his wife worked with Eric, right, right. so they knew me through through church, uh, and they knew Eric through her job. And they cornered me one day and said, "We know this man, this this Eric, All and right. we have to meet him." All right. uh, so they insisted on me meeting Eric. I think they were saying the same kind of things to him mm-hmm. on his end. Uh, so the four of us, that couple, and Eric and I. We, we went out and I guess the rest is history. But what's interesting about that story is the pastor who introduced us, married us right. uh, a few years after that on his anniversary. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. How about that? Church was, yeah. was yes. helping everybody <laughs> flourish. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Helping everybody flourish. That's, That's right. fantastic. That's and right. how, how many years has it been now? 14 years in August. 14 Thanks years. God, 14 yes, years in August mm-hmm. what now? August 2nd. Okay, I was the 31st. So, okay. Yeah, so okay. that's what's up. And you guys have three children? We have we two. We have two. And uh, Lord willing, they'll be the third legally once everything is straightened out. In the process of in adoption. In the process. Yeah, yes, yeah. praise God. Beautiful kids. Beautiful yes, kids. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you. So now, what, one more question personally. Um, because one of the things that fascinates me about you all's ministry, one of the things I appreciate about your ministry, both your ministry together as husband and wife and your ministry in your church, mm. is that there are lots of cross-cultural things going on. Um, mm. So, <laughs> Nana, you're from Ghana. That's right. Eric, Haiti. Um, your family sort of family all lineage. My family, yeah, yeah. All my family, yep. yep. It's from Haiti. And you're ministering in a predominantly African-American uh, context or traditional mm-hmm. black church mm-hmm. context. Mm-hmm. What's that like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, for for us, or I'll speak for myself, but I think something that we try to give to our children is that, um, you know, we are uh, belonging to nations, right? Mm-hmm. We do belong to nations, but as long as we are here and are believers, we're never fully at home, Amen. you know? Amen. And so because of that, I don't go anywhere ever expecting that everything's going to be right the way I want it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's my, my old man in my head, you know, my dad is in my head, you know, all the time with all of the Haitian proverbs and all of the, all of the different warnings that he would give me, you know, growing up. Um, but, but, uh, you know, I, I I put those things, you know, in their proper place by God's grace, you know, uh, and and um, you know, just try to communicate to our children and try to live by it myself that we're we're pilgrims, we're pilgrims as and 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 being from someplace else or having a culture that's not, um, you know, homegrown in in D.C. or in this country, um, it helps with that. It helps provide that kind of that kind of context. Amen. Amen. Anything you? Yeah. Can do? Um, well, I have been encouraged by it. So, so growing, I was born in Ghana, um, and I came to the U.S. just before I, I turned ten. So I started fourth grade mm-hmm. in the U.S. and really grew up in a very Ghanaian community. And so our church was uh, very much an, an immigrant church. We got mm-hmm. together to be with people who sounded and talked like us mm-hmm. on a Sunday. Um, but sometimes, you know, there. So the African American and the African community. There hasn't always been 
a solid bridge between those two communities. And I think I definitely saw that uh, even growing up, you know, little things that I I would hear here, um, here and there in conversations. Uh, So I'm so encouraged now, I think, to have relationships with brothers and sisters who are African-American and to to get to know people um, and not just go by things that I've heard. Um, So this summer, my pastor was gracious enough to... uh, invite me to be part of a, a monthly devotional for our church. Okay. Uh, early 6 a.m. in the morning, we just okay. <laughs> got on, got on <laughs> social that, media was together. Gracious, was that a gracious well, invitation? <laughs> 6 a.m.? <laughs> well, the thing is, we have a we have a toddler at home, so I'm up anyway. Okay, okay, so really, the sacrifice was on his part, I think. Um, but uh, but I was able to share so many things about the Ghanaian culture with our with our congregation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I even ended up teaching them how to say thank you in tree, and everybody was saying it. Uh, so how wonderful, right? To see it's, it's a small little bridge between the two communities, but I'm thankful to be part of making that making that small connection. Amen. So, Praise God. Mm-hmm. How's how's that worked as husband and wife? Any any sort of cross cultural kinds of experiences that would um, you sort of learn and, and work through as husband and wife? Yeah, well, I've benefited because of the food. You know? Amen. I mean, you Amen. Know, she she Amen. she's very willing to well, learn. Well, let's settle this right now. Yeah. Best Jolof. Oh, Ghana. Oh, oh Ghana. no, no, no. What? I'm sorry, Pastor. Oh, I'm sorry. Ghana I do what I can. I do what I can to promote peace and all of that. But whenever I get into any kind of situation with a Nigerian, I let them know straight up. It's yeah, gotta be Ghana. There you go. Uh, gotta that, be Ghana. They gotta be Ghana. That marriage uh, unity with the cross cultural. Learn solidarity. In that, uh. that's, that's, that's all I can say. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Oh, I, I've had the privilege of, of just getting to know you guys over several years, and and I admire your marriage. I admire your um, what appears to me to be your your unity, your your common love for Christ, your common love for His Church, um, and your common zeal. To, to grow other Christians, to help them sort of grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I said earlier, I, I saw that firsthand in the lives of young people. So tell me how you guys, how you sort of min- began to minister together in that way to 20-something young men, young women. What's that been like? Give us the sense of that ministry. <laughs> Everything begins in, in Haiti for me in terms of my high school principal. Okay. I grew up well, I think grew up like in my in my formative like high school years, fourteen through eighteen. Uh, there was a man, David Bittner. He was um, he was doing all kinds of stuff, you know. And he had a ma- you know he was married, three kids, and um, he he had time for me. You know, he made time for me, and you know I look back on that and and just. I've always wanted to be him, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. like like I'm 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 a hundred percent, you know, devotee to my dad, but uh, you know, but spiritually and you know, family wise, and so many different ways, Mr. Bittner, David Bittner, really shaped that whole passion to to kind of be available and to be useful and to and to be involved in someone's life, you know, like real life on life. I mean, he wasn't just my Bible teacher, you know, he was a lot more uh, to me than that. And, and um, you know, so many times I've messed up or, or was, was on the, the brink of trying to decide, you know, which way to go. 
um, you know, what would Mr. Bittner do or what would he say, <laughs> you know, would be in my mind. And so um, uh, I've, I've been grateful, you know, to the Lord to have an opportunity to actually exercise that um, with a few a few young men at the church, you know, over the years. And, and uh, my wife has been very, very patient. Very, very patient with me because, you know, sometimes I, I overcommit or, you know, sometimes um, I'm not doing everything I need to do, you know, at the house. Mm. And she'll let me know, mm. you know, um, but um, but she's been very patient, very supportive of that. And and um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what else to say, but I know that that's where it begins, Amen. you know, for me. Um, it's, it's what the Lord did for me through him, uh, through, through, through Mr. Bittner and um and uh, has allowed me to kind of add on to to that legacy. Amen. You know? Here's and I want I want to get you in as well, Nana. Here's what what I'm hearing in part, and that you correct us if this is not wrong. But what what sounds really wonderful to me about uh, Mr. Bentner's uh, impact in your life was he was just going on about his life mm-hmm. and and making room for including young people like yourself. It's not like he had a special program no. or a brand new initiative or something. He was being the man of God that's that right. the Lord had made him to be right. and welcoming you into that. That's, that's 100% correct. Yeah, he made time. I mean, you know, he was a high school principal, so like his day was packed, but um, I think the day started at 8.30, and so I had to meet him at 8. And then if there was time after school, you know, for different things. But and then every Sunday uh, he would come by and pick me up and take me to church and, and everything. So um, yeah, it was it was. Yeah, he, he made room. Praise God. Praise God. What, yeah. What's your story? In sure. terms of, yeah. So I, um, you know, Eric is so kind and gracious to say to to talk about my patients. But honestly, I have learned from him. Um, I did not have a, a Mrs. Bittner. Um Actually, um, I think the kind of environment I grew up in, being very close to people outside of your family was almost discouraged a little bit. Um, And so I really have learned from Eric the benefit of being willing to love people and being willing to to share your life with people in that in that kind of way. So he's really discipled me in this thing. Um, And um, and so, yeah, the. Uh, we so Eric joined our church, New Macedonia, before we were married, um, and after we were married, I joined, um, and so I entered this church, seeing all this love that they had for Eric, because I think he loves people well, um, and all these young people just started coming around. <laughs> they were just always around, uh, always on our couch, just in our home. <laughs> like, why are you um, here? Right. So, <laughs> um, and so I'm thankful for my husband's example in allowing people to be in our home and to be in our lives. That's so good. Uh, and, and just feeding them, feeding That's them so food and, and feeding them the word of God uh, and seeing God use his word in their lives in amazing ways. Amen. So, so, Eric then becomes a model and example for you. When did, when did, apart from seeing that example, when did it become your passion? When did it become yours? Um, so, so these are young ladies that are going through real struggles. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's real, it's not just, you know, we have fun, we laugh, we eat. Um, but then they call you and they tell you about, 
what happened. They will call you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. They will tell you. Yeah. And and they confess this and that. And and it's real, um, it's a real ministry, it's a, it's real work, it's real life. It's real life. Um, so it can't just be something cute that you're following someone to do. Um, I think a certain point it has to be you, you see the the realness of it the praying for them the being on your knees for them the trusting god to prove his word true in their life um if you're going to keep going i think it has to be your p- passion it has to be something that's that's real for you as well yeah At this point in the conversation, we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about how the neighborhood has changed and what they're seeing in the community. Uh, Eric and Nana have been faithful observers of our community for some time. And as we talked about this, they pointed to a a significant challenge among young adults who are attempting to follow Jesus. And and that's a challenge around giving them vision for the formation of marriage and family. That's a great desire uh, among many young people, but a lot don't know how to get from A to B on that issue. Uh, The doses help us to think about desire, temptation, the cultural messages that people receive, and the vulnerabilities that, that young men and women face. Women with a distinct list of things a man must have, which may not be biblical, and men dealing in this highly visual culture with pornography. Vision and aesthetic-centered culture instead of a character-centered culture is part of what we contend with when we're making disciples anywhere, uh, but also in the inner city. Let's keep talking. So on that note, then talk with us about what you're seeing in the lives of young people. So just for context, we we're we're laboring in the same vineyard. We're here in Southeast DC. Um, our church is just a few miles apart. Our home's just a few miles apart, a couple miles apart. Um, a, a neighborhood that has changed in many respects over the last 50 years, has changed demographically and, and racially. Um, it, it, it saw its, uh, its hard period through the crack epidemic and all the impact that happened then. Um, but lots of beautiful people living here, making ends meet, holding down the neighborhood. Uh, and, and, and so just this beautiful mix, right? Um, and you're talking about the ministry. I, I often say that the ministry happens in the mess, <laughs> right? So you're talking about the messiness of people's lives and the messiness of, of society and, and their neighborhood and things of that sort. So talk about what you're seeing. What, what are those real things that young women and young men um, are facing uh, in the neighborhood and, and in life. Yeah, if I, if I would say, I think maybe the main thing that I think is a, is a just a, a mountain of a mess mm. <laughs> to, to to climb and to overcome is really just a lack of vision for for family, just mm. in general. Mm. You know, I think, um, and that's what breaks my heart more than anything. Is just. Um, you know, people just willing to like plod through without any kind of mindset that, you know, I'm going to 
move forward, have a have a marriage, and then have children, and 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 as a believer, have have a hope and a goal of of raising a Christian family, have a hope and a goal of honoring God in in my home. You know, I think family fatherhood by itself is, is just so foreign for so many and and they're they're almost resigned to that you know to that that fatherhood will always be foreign you know um if i have children the 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 man may or may not be you know a part, a part of it uh probably not not be married you know um some of the common everyday graces or common grace gifts that God has given every nation, you know, in so many ways has been, um, it's almost, it's, it's almost, uh, forgotten, you know, because it's so, it's so foreign. Um, and, and that's, that's where a lot of, a lot of trouble, I think begins, you know, um, and, and it's, and it's a, um, it's a big prayer, you know, of mine and, and a big hope that that we're um, modeling and ministering in a way that, that helps make this at least feasible for people, you know, um, or and, and, and prayerfully desirable as well. So that's good. What are you, what are you saying? Now? Yeah. So I, if, as Eric is talking, yes, definitely all that is true. And yet I'm thinking of um, I'm thinking of Ben and Hope. And I'm thinking of Isaiah and Candace, <laughs> and I'm thinking of Marie and Tyrell, and I'm thinking um, of even Jessica and Josiah. Um, so I can point to young people who were not married um, and now are husband and wife and mom and dad and faithful to, um, uh, to let me learn how to do this well. Let me learn how to be a faithful husband. Let me let me learn how to be a faithful wife. Um, and so the Lord is working and he's working even in that area. Um, a lot of the young ladies that I uh, I'm praying for and um, and and just doing life with, they would love to be married. Mm-hmm. They're probably listening to this like mm-hmm. that's. Like, I, like where the brothers yeah. at? Brother ain't, brother ain't stepped up. How little sister? Right. You know what they're like, I'm praying for this thing. Mm. So their um their struggle is. Um, living in a culture that would that would tell them to do it the other way, actually. Um, and they have a desire to do just what Eric is saying. Um, but it's it's hard. It's hard because there isn't a proposal. There isn't someone there for them. And they're trying to be faithful. Um, and the temptations are real. And sometimes they're falling and they're tripping. But by God's grace, because the spirit of God is at work in them, they're repenting and they're trying. They're they're trying to wake up and try another day. Um, and it's it's a real it's it's real. Amen. When when you think about discipling young men, young women through these twenty somethings, through these desires, through these maybe worldly messages that are contrary to the division of the scripture and and things of that sort, are you noticing any sort of particular? kind of common vulnerabilities in the way women think and feel in the way men think and feel? Are there, are there particular patterns of thinking or feeling or desire that you think that that's something that we keep bumping into that we feel like we have to speak into and teach to? Well, I think one of the main things that come to my mind right away um, in, in speaking with sisters on this, I think sometimes they have a very uh, distinct 
vision of the kind of husband they do want. Lord, talk about yeah. it. Yeah, so that's, it. A, that's a list. Talk about that's it. a list. I mean, you know? one more sister talking about she want a, uh, what is, a righteous ratchet. That's it. If I mean one more sister talking that's about she it. want a thug that's right. godly. Exactly. So, he, you know, his shoes <laughs> have to look scream. a certain way. Right. And yeah, all of those sort of things. Mm-hmm. It has to check off. And so he could be, um, you know, a faithful brother who loves the Lord, loves his word. Um, but if he doesn't also fit a certain, um, you know, kind of look mm-hmm. and, and, and way about him, then it doesn't last long or he's not given the chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is something we've kind of spoken into mm-hmm. uh, and try to encourage, encourage sisters to, uh, yeah, to be open to. That's good. That, that certainly has to be one of the, the sort of subtle impacts of living in a highly visual and aesthetic centered culture, right? Or society, um, as opposed to a character centered, you know, kind of, or even a word centered orientation that so much of life is visual um, and so much of that imagery is cultivated and you can so easily get a a taste for those things and miss the deeper substance of who people are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, well, you you, you hit it when you said visual because you know, with the guys, uh, it, the the thing that's robbing a lot of of the passion to make the proposal is porn. Yeah, you know, pornography is 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 so rampant, and and um, you know, it's it's de- it's more than rampant. It's it's dehumanizing because that's right. That's right. it robs the guys from actually approaching these women. To learn about them as friends. That's right. They don't. They, they, they don't. They don't have. They don't have that. That idea of this. This is a partner. This is someone who I can grow with. You know, it's more like you know, <laughs> I have these desires, and and they can make they can make the thing that I see on the two dimensional thing three dimensional. You know, and it's it's actually uh, stunting. You know, in terms of um, the kinds of of relationship that 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 lead to marriage, we've got nothing to do with this two dimensional stuff. You know, that's that's strictly for selfish, um, you know, pleasure. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of it is is visual. Yeah, video is killing the word in some ways. You know, or at least our passion for the word, and um, it's it's having really dire effect yeah how how are you ministering to that what what kinds of things have you found helpful in taking men and women who who might be facing these particular temptations and um, challenges in sanctification and growth what does it look like what does ministry for you guys look like too yeah yeah i think nana's already hit on it you know a lot of it is is um just having an environment and a kind of relationship that that hey you know we none of us has a perfect repentance. Mm. There is no such thing, mm. you know. Um, and so, and so, uh, so much of it has to do with with um, being um, as gracious to others as the Lord has been to us. Um, you know, when I look at myself and and uh, you know the sin patterns that 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 were part of my life that that the Lord is amending and 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 strengthening me in, um, He was exceedingly patient. And so um, that kind of reflection of God's graciousness um, while pushing them and encouraging them to, to, to attain to the maturity that, 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 you know, that the gospel does point us to, 
Um, but if you're not going to be gracious, um, you're not going to have much ministry, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> you know? no, that's right. So that's right. Um, for me, I think it's believing that God really does do his work through his word among mm. his people. Um, so Nana's not that smart. There isn't <laughs> a lot that I can say to them to change anything or to, um, you know, sometimes when that phone call comes and there's frustration and there's mm. uh, this is what I'm going through. I think, man, what could, what can I say to her? Um, and so doing us the best that I can to, uh, first of all, be committed to prayer to actually praying for them and praying with them. Um, and then also reminding them of what the scripture says. Uh, and so these are young women that um, a lot of them, we've walked through the Bible together. Um, and so reminding them of what we've learned together and encouraging them to trust, to mm -hmm. trust the Lord. Amen. So, so talk about that, that, that ministry in the word. Um, what does that look like? Is that over at your house? Is that a particular kind of study? Just tell us what that's, yeah. what that's involved. Uh, so this was a small group of our church. Okay. Uh, we called it Tea and Theology, uh, and it was Sundays after mm -hmm. church. Okay. Uh, so we actually live next door to our church in the uh, the former parsonage. Right. Um, and so we're just right across from the parking lot. <laughs> so they would come over uh, and we would eat. Um, so when I said Tea and Theology, I first, so I'm Ghanaian. So I was thinking hot tea. Uh -huh. And they were like, no, we want sweet tea. Uh, that's right. That's, that's right. That cross-cultural right. stuff. That's cross-cultural yeah. I was like, oh, that's what you meant. That kind of tea. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, they come over, we eat. And then so what we did for two years is that we walked through the Bible from beginning to end. Um, I wanted us to get a better sense of the story of the Bible, the story of scripture, the big story that is telling. Uh, and because we're women and we love the stories of other women, uh, we used the stories of women in the Bible as, as sort of our stopping point uh, and just kind of walked through the entire Bible for two years. We did that study and, uh, and yeah, it was fun. It was just fun to be together, to laugh, to eat and to uh, take in God's word. Did the Lord surprise you at all in that two year journey? Oh, man. So I think um, there was one particular young lady, and I'm sure you know who I'm, I'm thinking of, who, um, <laughs> so she still talks about this study as being so pivotal. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, to her faith. And, and she would probably be one of the, of the group that struggles with certain things. But very she, openly. Uh, yeah, very, very openly. openly. Mm -hmm. Um. But man, the Lord, I think the Lord did with this something that I obviously I can't I can't do. He he used it in her in her heart and in her walk um in an incredible way. Um so so we, I praise him for that. He's, he's faithful to do more with his word yeah. than we could ever anticipate. Sure. Right. And yeah. and when those moments happen, I don't know about you, but when those moments happen, when the Lord does more than I was even asking for. I'm just reminded of how weak and uninspired my prayers are, <laughs> right? I, I can feel like I'm going hard in prayer and asking for stuff. And the Lord takes this thing that I didn't think much of yeah. and just sort of unlocks stuff, right? That That is way bigger than I thought. Yeah. And it's just like, Tag, why don't I have more faith? Why don't I pray? Why don't I, why don't I ask for bigger things? But then I'm also encouraged that in these sort of ordinary things that don't appear giant or wise or whatever that I might think nothing of, God's at work in that. So the regular habit of having, yes, yeah, sweet tea, yeah. you know, and, and a meal after church, 
and walking through the Bible and stopping to think about the lives of women, oh man, the Lord just does tremendous things in that. Man, he keeps somebody in the faith. He helps somebody through some things, all of that, man. And so I'm just, you know, just a, a big proponent of just trying to encourage people like Mr. Bittner, like you guys, do the ordinary. Just do the ordinary and, and center it on God's word and center it on prayer and, and watch the Lord work. Watch the Lord work. Yeah. How about yourself with the men? So they, they're gathering, getting tea and lunch and all that good stuff. You taking a nap at that time? What you doing? You know what? How about with the brothers? Honestly, I was trying to remember what what I, what was I doing during <laughs> during teen theology? Like, I can't remember yeah. now. You were often in your office. Oh, I must have been. Yeah. I must have been in my office. Yeah. You know, so so she had, she had Sunday um, after church. I would do Monday night. I would do Monday night Bible studies. Uh, it was a small group as well. And um, uh, two two of those guys are pastor or, or you know on pastoral staffs now, mm-hmm. you know which is great, um, you know. But yeah, that small group went on, and we had several different iterations of it because it started off, you know, just you Macedonian people. Mm-hmm. Then we had you know the crew from next door. Mm-hmm. You know, this was when we were we weren't at, in the parsonage at the time. We were living uh, off, off in, in Southern Avenue. off Southern Avenue, and. Um, Wow, yeah. We had these grown men who who um you know were all unemployed and 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 that's when we started doing the food because we knew that they needed food. Okay. So Amen. so 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 you know we started bringing food around with that and uh, it was expensive, but but um <laughs> but man, it was it was great to get to know my neighbors, you know, and 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 then to see um all of the different ways in which you know their lives like I mean, at the time I was, you know, early 30s and these guys were in their 50s and the guys from the church were all in their 20s. And so like without I didn't have to say it, but I was like, brethren, if you don't get it right now, (laughs) these guys are telling us that's right. They're telling us exactly where 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 you're going to end up. You know, if you don't, if you don't start, you know, thinking of of, um, of of God's word as 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 the real lamp for your for, for your path, um, yeah, this is this is your future. So, like, like that was a very pivotal period, you know. And then it, you know, morphed again when when like you know different brothers started showing up that, that I didn't know of, you know, but but guys in my small group started inviting other believers from other churches and stuff so so it was it was it was a great it was a great time um you know uh came to an end kind of suddenly and uh, and uh, but but um you know it it ended and yet it didn't end because they spawned their own groups and 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 kept meeting you know so so um so I, I I took more of like an advisory role at that point, and then I was soon to start um, at, um, at at RTS. Pleasant. A conversation like this makes me want to step back for a second and ask two questions. What do we think we are going to plant and grow churches with? And what kind of margin do we have in our lives for including other people? This conversation with Eric and Nana Dulce reminds me of a core conviction I have. It's a conviction I've had for many years, and it's this. 
We don't need fancy new strategies to do God's work. We simply need to open our lives and teach God's word. That's it. At the, at the absolute bottom of the Christian life and Christian ministry is hospitality and Bible. With hospitality, we simply love others. We, we love strangers. And with the Bible, we, we impart life to others because the word is life. All of it is so ordinary. Eric and Nana's life, Nana's life bear all the marks of ordinariness. Living as husband and wife, parenting three small children, participating in their local church, and so on. But through that peaceful and quiet life, in all godliness, that ordinary life, godliness and faithfulness and fruitfulness abound. And it reaches a generation of young adults who are working through the big questions of life and trying to figure out how to follow Jesus in their generation. Pastors, church leaders, church members, let us not allow ourselves to get fascinated with fancy. Let's commit ourselves to the ordinary, the ordinary means of grace, and expect God to work. It's how he's always worked. He blesses his word, and he gets his word to others when we have lives that are open to them. May the Lord give us grace uh, to advance this gospel around the block where we live, and uh, may the Lord be pleased to bring many people to himself through our labors. Thank you for joining this episode of Around the Block. Tune in next time as we talk again with the Dulces uh, about their ministry and think more about disciple making. God bless and keep you. <music>